Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading comes from Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. This is immediately following the episode where Jesus goes to Nazareth and he's rejected in his hometown. We get that famous statement that a prophet is without honor in their own hometown. And now we find the fate of John the Baptist. If you remember, John the Baptist is the one who had a miraculous angelic visit to his father. Remember, Zacharias was a priest in the temple. He had an appearance of an angel who told him that he would have a son, and this son would have a very important task. We know that John the Baptist, being the cousin of Jesus, was a great prophet, the last prophet in the line of Old Testament prophets. And he would be the forerunner that would prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. Well, John did something that angered the ruler at this time. Now, we've heard of Herod the Great. That was the ruler that was in power when Jesus was born. When Herod the Great died, his kingdom was divided into three parts between three of his children. And one of them was Herod Antipas. And so we meet Herod Antipas. Don't get him confused with Herod the Great. This is actually Herod the Great's son. But Herod Antipas, who was equally evil, and this is the same Herod that interviews Jesus before he is crucified. So let's just read through really quick. This is uh, 12 verses from Matthew chapter 14, the first 12 verses. This is the English Standard Version. We'll discuss some of the things going on here and some application. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard about the fame of Jesus. He said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead. That is why these miraculous powers are at work in him. For Herod had seized John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And though he wanted to put him to death, he feared the people because they held him to be a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company and pleased Herod, so that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. And the king was sorry. Because of his oath and his guests he commanded to be given, he sent and had John beheaded in prison, and his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. So a really grisly uh, story. A little background here. Herod Antipas was married to the daughter of the king of the Nabataeans, uh, King Aretas. And so this was a political arrangement, probably arranged by Augustus Caesar to bring peace to that region. We know that Herod Antipas ruled over Galilee and Perea, and there would be uh, many people from King Aretas's region living in Perea, so this would make peace with those people. So this is a political arrangement. He had been married to her for 15 years. Once Herod Antipas had visited his half-brother Philip, Philip was a non-political character. He was living in Rome, and he had a wife named Herodias. And while Herod was staying with his brother in his house, he fell in love with his wife Herodias and wanted her for himself. Herodias said, well, I will marry you, but you must divorce your wife. And so Herod very foolishly divorces his wife and takes Herodias as, as his wife. Now, this leads to war later with King Aretas because of the embarrassing detail of 
getting rid of his daughter. So this is not a very wise move by Herod. And to make matters worse, Herodias is his half-niece. This is an incestuous relationship. That is why John the Baptist condemns it. We know in Levitical law, Leviticus chapter 18, verse 16, and chapter 20, verse 21, that this is forbidden. So John the Baptist proclaims, you can't do this. You cannot have your half-niece or your brother's wife as your wife. This is unlawful, and this is wrong. Herod does not like it and has him in prison. Now, Herod would not recognize the moral authority of John the Baptist. Many rulers like Herod think they're above the law. They're above God's good moral command. So he sees John really as a political threat. That if John keeps making these complaints against him, that it's going to turn the people against him. So to secure his power, he has John the Baptist arrested. Now we know this weird episode that happens. There's a birthday party for Herod. We learn from Josephus that the daughter of Herodias is named Salome. Salome dances before the king. Now, this would not be like a dance recital. Um, This is something much worse and more sinister. A sensual dance here where Herod allows his lust to get the best of him. And just think about this, how horrible this is. This is the daughter of his wife. So some would think maybe she's anywhere from 12 to 14 years old at this point. And because of his passion and lust, it drives him into a deeper sin. And that's a lesson to be learned here with Herod. That because of Herod and his unbridled lust, he'd already done something bad by taking his brother's wife, by having this affair with her and marrying her and divorcing his wife. So that led to one sin. And now because of his lust, it's going to lead to another sin, the death of John the Baptist. We know that Herod did not want to do this. He feared the people because John the Baptist was held in high esteem high esteem as a prophet. So this was something that he was reluctant to do but because of his lust and because he had made this foolish oath in front of people. There's another lesson to be learned, making foolish oaths, proclaiming certain things and being stuck because you don't want to lose face. And that's what happens here with Herod. He doesn't want to lose face with his audience, with the people at the party. So now... He must do this grisly thing of having John the Baptist beheaded. Most scholars believe that the Romans and the Tetrarchy of Herod had allowed him the power to execute people. We know that in Judea that was not possible, that you had a Roman governor, uh, that the Romans had to order an execution, but the Romans had given Herod Antipas the power to do this, to have someone executed. And there's this interesting thing where Herod is so paranoid that he thinks Jesus is John the Baptist back from the dead. Now, this would be, some think, a combination of the Jewish belief of resurrection and a semi-pagan belief of this kind of reincarnation, but different. It would be like a spirit of a person coming back and inhabiting the body of someone else. So it could be what Herod thinks here. Um, This couldn't be regular reincarnation. There would not be enough time uh, for John the Baptist to come back and grow to adulthood and be Jesus. So this is some mixing of different beliefs, maybe resurrection and the return of a dead spirit and reincarnation all wrapped up in one. And there's some paranoia here. It really doesn't make any sense that he would say this. And it tells you his paranoia. He feels really bad for what he's done. He's known he's done something wrong. So there's some lessons to be learned here today for everyone. First of all, we can see how lust can lead to really bad things. Lust can lead people to do crazy things. People 
tend to lose their sense of moral compass because of the passions of the flesh. Secondly, we'll see that sometimes when you are a witness for God, you are a person that's trying to do God's will, you have to speak out against public moral evil of even leaders. Some would say, well, the church needs to stay in the church house and mind their own business. But sometimes the church has a prophetic voice to speak out against the evil of rulers and leaders. They can get you in the hot water doing that. Throughout history, we can see where that happens, where God's people speak out against the evil of the rulers of their day in what some would call a prophetic voice. And we still have that calling today as Christians that we are like salt, the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. And sometimes we have to open up our mouths and speak out when we see evil and injustice and see bad behavior among our rulers. Uh, This idea of somehow separating the church from the popular world, uh, the secular world, so to speak, that you have this divide between church and secular is an American, really it's an enlightenment construct that it's kind of new upon the, the world stage. The ancient world knew nothing like that. Uh, that all of it was integrated. Your faith was integrated in every part of your life. So in John, we do see a courageous witness. Someone who will stand up to power and challenge an evil like what Herod has done. Loses his life for it. Well, I know today's reading was not the most positive. Uh, it was not one of those that you come come away from feeling really positive, but much can be learned here about what lust can do to a person and also what happens when we have a faithful witness. There's times we will be persecuted, just as Jesus was rejected in Nazareth. And we'll see later Jesus will be rejected ultimately in the cross, that if we follow him, there will be times when people reject us and they'll disagree with us and they won't love us back. But we're called to love a world that doesn't love us at times. That's really a hard path, but Jesus gives us the power to do that through his indwelling spirit. Well, I'm glad you tuned in again today, and I hope these podcasts are continuing to help you in your study of scripture. I pray you join us tomorrow. Devin will continue in Matthew chapter 14 as we keep marching through this chapter. 